Welcome to another great episode of Sports Matters. I'm your host, Kevin Drake, and our partner, Matt Burt, sitting right across from me. I'm just so excited about all the sports that went on this past weekend. I mean, there is so much great things to talk about. CI, I just want to get to this because I don't want to forget about it because I've been so pumped up, so fired up the way these women's volleyball team has been playing. I mean, they're just playing out of their mind. Haley DeSalis, once again, big Western Conference Player of the Week. She was crushing it. I believe she had 68 assists over the weekend. She was averaging nearly 11 assists per match. They took down Cal State Fullerton. They took down UC Riverside. Next up is at UC Davis. Ali Kumelis is the Defensive Player of the Week. You talk about digs. Seven digs per game. Literally, you're going up against the other team's best striker that's just going to strike it down and you dig it out. She had seven of those per match. That's pretty astounding. You know, when you're having success like that, and then you have the freshman, Abby Marjima, for the third time in four weeks. That's right. Three times she's been named the Freshman Player of the Weeks. This women's volleyball team from the seniors like Yudara Akpakpa, Harley Kikawa, and then you got these ladies here. They're pretty well balanced. They're fun to watch. You got to get out there, check them out next time they're at the Bren Center. Probably won't be for a couple of weeks there. But yes, I mean, UCI Sports is just killing it. And then we had a little preview of the men's basketball team. Yeah, we did. What we do know is the starting five will be back. You got Tommy Rutherford, Jonathan Galway is the big guys, Evan Leonard is your swing guard forward. Yasal Worku, that's your man right yeah. there. John Edgar Jr. It's, it's a traditional. All, there's a lot of these new guys. You know, you still have Spencer Rivers. Yep. Check this out. Coach Russell Turner starting his ninth season, but already eight seasons in, he has amassed 157 wins. That's impressive. He is a coach that has a lot of experience that comes in with a great pedigree into a program. And this, I love this team that he's built together. You could put a lot of different oh, lineups out there. Team. I, I, I know he's, you. he's excited too. You can see the excitement in his face. So I spoke to him at the camp for a little bit, and we'll just talk a little bit about the team. And he was jet lagged, but at the same time, he was excited talking about the team. How could you not be We're excited? We're going to get him in here. How could you we not be? Ready for the season, which they are. Because there's a lot of things that go on in, in the preseason. And from the time they went to Korea, that was a great experience. And now getting ready, you know, it's coming up right around the corner there. We're going to be there opening night, November 6th. After you vote, have, I'll watch the basketball. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. Rams. The L.A. Rams. The Rams. The undefeated team left at 6-0. and And they won a tough game, which... You thought was kind of a, a game that they, they... They got a little lucky at the end, I'd say. I, if it's luck, it's great coaching. It's just the uh, the adversity of this team. It's just the, the perseverance of getting the victory. Well, like, lucky... They just, they just know how to win games. Sean McVay sets his team up for success, and they just follow that blueprint, and they just win. Luck is the combination of hard work and skill. Exactly. There you go. That's quotable right there. The Rams overall played great, and they, they went up against a Denver defense that the week before gave up 200 yards to Isaiah Crowell of the New York Jets. And then they came into this game with Todd Gurley and it being snowy. And you knew from the very beginning it was the Todd Gurley show. Everyone kind of get out of the way. Another thing is, is seeing Cooper Cup go down. That was a tough tough thing to tough. see because he was he's been great this season he's been great he's what a great wide receiver that injury is it a- i know he it was a knee injury he got hurt in the first half he kind of bent backward on it, it was the knee mm-hmm. kind of bent backward then he tried to play and then he couldn't so then they he ended up sitting out the rest of the game but get him healthy i would go into the playoffs healthy they're thinking i think they're, they're just thinking one game at a time 
but I don't and think to win each game that they're preparing for. I, I don't think that the Rams are going to go through the season undefeated by any yeah. means. There's going to be a team that sneaks up on them and play because Denver had a shot at it. Yeah, exactly. Denver did. They got the 49ers coming up next, and then they have a bye week. So hopefully that give, Is it, gets it, enough time to give Cooper Cup some rest that he needs. And well, the 49ers looked pretty good last night. They played pretty good football. I but mean, here's where their schedule gets a little tough. So coming out of the uh, bye week, they go to New Orleans, then they're home against the Chiefs. Tough. No, they're not home. They're in Mexico City That's against right. the Chiefs. But it's technically a home technically game. Technically yeah. a home game. Right. Then they got the Packers. So yeah, and the Seahawks on down the line. The Rams going through the season, they just got to kind of take things one keep, game at a time. Keep doing what you're doing. Prepare for each game. Who? Prepare to win each game. That's what you do. They're a great team. They're 6-0. and They're looking pretty good. Here's the thing, Matt. They keep balling out like they are. By Thanksgiving, they'll have their division clinched. I know. But the thing is, is like, they still have to play these games. And that's what kind of like... Exactly. You just... You know what? But you can't worry about all that stuff. You just got to focus week in and week out. Yeah. Getting better each week. San Francisco is the, so. Is it in San Francisco? Yes, it is. That's good. I mean, like that's that not. They actually got flexed out of the Sunday night games so they can flex in the Bengals and uh, the Chiefs. You would know that because it's the Bengals, right? That and also I, I, I did not know that. And it's the Chiefs too, but like. But also, I watched the uh, Sunday night game, which was amazing. That was a that great was, game. That, that game lived up to the billing. We also saw what New England is after the first couple weeks. You thought, okay, they're sitting at one and two. Oh, what's up, what's wrong, with New England? wrong with New England. You and I, we didn't even, we didn't even flinch. We really even talk about it. We're nope. like, they're, they're, they're the Patriots. And look at them now. They're four and two, two straight blowout wins. And then this one, the shootout, they end up edging out. And you saw how powerful their offense is with Gronk in there, healthy. Julian Edelman doing his thing. Now he's back from suspension. The running game was going there. They had a committee at running back and and they were just killing the Chiefs. It was a great game from yeah. both. We saw Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes. I said it four times. When, so, when Tom Brady compliments you and says, hey, he's going to be a great quarterback. He's a great quarterback. He is wow. the real deal. He That's, is the real deal. That is for sure. I think Patrick Mahomes that showed that lot. he was. Yeah, it, 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 he went into Foxborough. Quarterbacks that are under the age of 25 do not do well there do not do well like they just don't like it's just you go into a tough environment and you're playing in like some cold conditions you're playing against a tough team you're playing against Bill Belichick who prepares more than any other coach he quizzes his players that's a tough game and he proved that he was doing great I think the the bigger story that kind of left with me was the interaction of the fan and Tyreek Hill at the very end when he scored the touchdown with three minutes left to get the game tied up someone threw a a beer in his face Uh, that's that's, yeah. that's unclassy and that's unboston like the fall that is that fans banned for life how do they enforce that though i, I don't know did they have there's facial only, recognition there's only technology. One other fan that's banned there for life so yeah if there's only two people to look for they can just be like okay oh seventy thousand people coming in i gotta watch out for these two faces maybe they have like a security meeting you see this face you see him you tell him to get out like they must unless they have facial recognition software it's they like must the have Black something Book in like las that. vegas but you know they have the facial recognition software that's out there they have to always the 
top with the high end tech. With the kind of money that the NFL generates in revenue, they have to have some sort of technology. They got to have an NFL security officer at every stadium, something like that. But that's wrong. You got to protect the players. You know, fans cannot be doing that. You do that to Ron Artest, he'll kick he, your butt. I know, and he got suspended for the whole season. Literally, that little scuffle, like the the malice in the palace, could have turned out in just like they break it up and then they start playing basketball again. But some fan took it a little bit too far, and you know what? It's classless, it's tasteless, and it just it doesn't just, belong. The thing is, Tyreek Hill, he did. He was very angry about it, but he didn't do anything along those lines. But in that situation, he kept his composure. He was the tying score. He gave his team an opportunity to win the game. Obviously, there was a little too much time. I think they scored too quickly before it got to overtime. When you let terrific Tom with two minutes left, what's he going to do? He drove it down, got the game-winning field goal. But the touch on what you said, I thought Tyreek Hill definitely took the high road. It's completely wrong. And I think he took the high road, and it's a great example of what you should do in those kind of situations. You wait, you tell the proper people, you let the authorities handle that situation. He did. You know, and unfortunately, his team lost a game, but what a phenomenal game to watch. Shootout, like you said, we saw the coming of Patrick Holmes. It was just a game of the ages. I mean, it was like a roller coaster ride, you know, watching this game. And, it was a great game. And the Patriots, you know, come out on top. They're 4 and 2. They're still the team. The over under for that game was 57 <laughs> points. <laughs> and they 80, scored 80, points. 83 points. That's crazy. So I mean, if you look at it from that kind of perspective, it's like that was an excellent football game to watch. The Rams are great and fun to watch and everything, but I think that the game against Cincinnati and Kansas City is going to be a lot better for the national audience. No one thought the Bengals would get off to a good start like they did, even though they, they lost a tough one against the Steelers. That's just one team they just cannot beat. They're just like the – that's Ben's team right there. He owns Cincinnati. I think he's practically undefeated in Paul Brown Stadium, or he's maybe only lost once since he's played his entire career. They just own Cincinnati. I don't know what it is. It just The baby Bengals just cannot get past the big boy Steelers. The Steelers are looking good, though. Yeah. They're coming out for buy. Like the New England Patriots, you know, when it, when it comes out at the end of the day, it's always usually like the Steelers, the Ravens, the Patriots. You always rise to the top. Kansas City's definitely going to be there. So, okay. What else did you see over the football weekend? The Sunday night game was amazing. And I have to say, Sunday night football has just been wonderful to watch week in and week out. It's just been great matchup after great matchup after great matchup. I mean, originally that was the Monday night game, you know, with those two announcers. But actually, I had to pick in uh, last night, the Monday night football game. That was another exciting game to watch. I know it was the 49ers at Green Bay, but another game where it came down to watching. First, we watched Tom Brady on Sunday night. Terrific Tom, the ageless wonder, take his team down get the game-winning field goal. We just saw the replay of that with Aaron Rodgers, the great Aaron Rodgers, on one leg with the winning drive. You give him a minute three left. They intercept the 49ers. It was tied 30-30, and he takes his team down. And this is after like a third and 15. He was sacked, but there was a penalty against the defense, so that kind of kept him in the game. And then a 19-yard pass. And there's another one where Rodgers scrambled for 21 yards on one leg. He did it on one leg. 21 yards up to the 45-yard line to get his team going and get the first down and a couple more 19-yard passes. Before you know it, 24-yard field goal, game winner, Mason yeah. Crosby. Mason Crosby. It's amazing. Circles the wagon, too, after missing five field goals. I mean, back-to-back games. You know, one was 43-40. The other one is 33-30. The national televised games have been great. Well, they have. Most of the Monday night games have been pretty good, but there's some of them just been like, ah, 
Thursday night football, I just, you know how I feel about it, and I'm sure I know how you feel about it. Just, I think it's, it's, it's great. Been, it's great to have it on Sunday and Monday. It's like Right. It, they're, they're just not as great as games, and you really don't want to overshadow what you have on Sunday night, and especially Monday night is supposed to have been the feature. It's like that was a – there was a reward of playing on Monday night football is that you're a good team. These Thursday night games have just been – Ah, there's just been it's too much. I haven't watched a Thursday night game this season. I rarely do. I didn't I didn't even catch any of the Rams Vikings. And that was the best Thursday night game. I caught Aaron Donald sacking someone when I was walking through a hallway. Like I was on the TV. I saw Aaron Donald sack someone on third down and I was like, Oh, the Rams are doing good and they're in the lead. Sweet. That's all I saw. That Minnesota versus Rams game, you put that as the Sunday night matinee, right? You put it as the last game on Sunday night. That has a huge audience. The same exact audience that would tune in for the New England Kansas City game would tune in to the Minnesota Vikings playing the Rams. You know what's tough also with the Thursday night game is, you know, on the East Coast, it starts at 8 o'clock. And if you got to get up and work early like my brother does and like a lot of other people do, they're not watching that Thursday night game. I mean, they might stretch and watch the Monday night game, especially if their team is in it. Yeah, they'll stay up late. It's the one night you can stay up late. It's after the first day of the work week. It's always the Monday blues. Get back to work. Or for some people, it's excited. Like, hey, it's Monday. I'm ready to start my work week. And you stay up that night. You watch the game. And then, boom, now your your rest of your week is on. You know, you, you, you pay the price a little bit on Tuesday morning, drink a little extra coffee. And before you know, you're blasted through the week. And then the weekend's here. Yeah. Tonight. We got the well, Thunder. That's why he wanted That's to That's why I wanted to talk. Cold State <laughs> that is man. why it starts tonight. <laughs> yeah. And then it, comes, yeah. it takes a brief pause all the way to Christmas. That's what the NBA is doing for me. Um, well, it's always the opening night. It's always fun to watch. It's fun. It's just, it, and it's the best matchups. You're going to get Boston versus Philly, and then you're going to get, you know, the Thunder versus the Warriors. So it, it's not like you're getting bad basketball. It's You're getting great basketball to watch so i mean like it, it's gonna be what the what the teams look like this year yeah there's a lot well. of shakeups this yeah. in the offseason but anyways i want to talk about some college football yes can we talk about some college football because yes. this was huge weekend in college football we saw number two georgia go down we right. saw number eight penn state go down we saw number nine washington we saw number 10, uh, someone else go down. I forget. But there was just a lot of the top 10 were moving and shaking. There was a lot of losses. It was a weekend to kind of forget about. But there's also some big victories like LSU. Now they're back at number five. They're just on now the- they're back in it. They're knocking See? at the door. Just took one week and get a big win, and now they're right back in the in the picture of things. The thing and that the thing that Texas had a huge win too. Texas did have a yeah. huge win against Baylor, um, but Texas is moving up. I think Notre Dame is number four now. Correct. So they just snuck into the top. Notre Dame. So they're all undefeated. Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Notre Dame round out the top four. Think about that. In the very beginning yeah. of the year, did you think Notre Dame was going to be in the top four? No, but the way they were playing the last few weeks and the way they they've been playing it. all year long, yes. That's that's right just there. crazy to me. Yeah. So and then, I, and then the next four, five through eight, you got LSU, Michigan, Texas, and of course Georgia. I think when you look at it on paper right now, 
the Florida is kind of an interesting team. Central Florida? No, regular Florida. Because uh, Central Florida uh, actually is undefeated. Above Florida, yeah, they're undefeated. At number ten. But they're, 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 they will still not find themselves in the college football playoff. I hate to say it. I love them. I think it's a great thing. I think I'm all right. four small schools going after the big guys, but. I'm sorry. They'll find a way. They'll put Notre Dame in. Notre Dame's going to sell more tickets than the University of Central Florida. But Notre Dame's also got the points. That's why they're at number four. Yeah, they got the points. They got wins against Stanford. The big game for Notre Dame is when they play USC. That's going to be uh, – and they have to travel. And they really haven't played ranked teams traveling this season. If you look at their schedule, I think they, they played Stanford at home. And Stanford was supposed to be the, the cream of the crop in the very beginning of the Pac-12. But the problem with the Pac-12 is everyone beats each other up. And now it's Oregon. Oregon is the top team. And they might have the number one overall draft pick in Herbert. Yeah, so because they're to round out with Northwestern, Florida State, Syracuse, and then USC. North, I mean so Northwestern. Kind of, kind of all over the board. You got a little bit from the South, a little bit from the East Coast. So they're big. They're big. Twelve. Big, big twelve. Yeah, they, they're an independent. They yeah. play. They don't. They're not in a division, yeah. so they have to pick their opponents throughout the year. Um, where were their biggest wins? Would you say on the schedule? And were they at home? Because I think the majority of Actually, them were at Michigan home. Michigan was on the road. Michigan was on the road. Okay, that's a good win. And then, you know, they play. They beat Ball State. They beat Vanderbilt. They beat. Wake Forest, I mean, like cupcake, cupcake, yeah. cupcake. Stanford. They blew out Stanford. They blew they out Stanford. At Virginia Tech, which is pretty good. That's and then pretty good. They, and they got it out a, a a tough win against Pittsburgh, nineteen to fourteen. That yeah, last that's game. a rivalry game. I honestly, you know, Notre Dame. Besides the win against Michigan, it's kind of – I mean, we saw Stanford then lose the next week after that. I mean, Stanford's a serial at losing two in a row. It's kind of sad to watch. But, I mean, when you look at it, Notre Dame – their schedule, they, they kind of haven't really played that many tough opponents. I think the the big game against USC at USC in the Coliseum is going to be a big yeah, game for them. That's a make or break one there. they got to win that one. They again. have to because USC has started, I don't know, but USC has started to improve dramatically. I mean, unless you're Alabama or Ohio State, losing a game at this stage of the season can knock you out of the playoff. Ohio State almost you got lost. These hungry teams and Michigan's playing really well. You know, we thought after they lost our first game of the year, well, Harbaugh can't win the big game. He can't win the big game. He's well, won six straight. He's going to have an opportunity to win the big game and potentially put him into the college football playoff. But do you think now this year, this is probably the best Michigan team he's had to go up against Ohio State? I think it's one. It has to be one of. Yeah, I think the quarterback that he has has, had better Michigan teams when he went up against Ohio State previously. I I mean I think he has the best quarterback for sure. Definitely can say that. I'm not sure. This year he has the best quarterback that he has had in Patterson. To get it, and hopefully they get it done. Hopefully, Michigan fans. I think he needs to get it done. This is Jim Harbaugh who is being paid the second highest paid coach in college football. And it's not like they lost, you know, huge against Notre Dame, but just lost by a touchdown. I know. After that, they just went on a tear. Most of them cupcake games, but... 
They went on a tear on some cupcake games, but I mean they they went in Northwestern. That was yeah, a hard fought a win. Game. Well, we'll see what they're Michigan made of State. They got they got Michigan State this weekend, and the following weekend they got Penn State. Michigan State is one of those teams that I mean they did this past weekend. They beat Penn State. Michigan team. They just when it comes to rivalry games, you don't count out Michigan no. State. You just don't. No, I, I no, know. That's what I'm saying. Like they got two huge matchups: Michigan State, Penn State. I mean, you just and then can't. you and then you have Ohio State. Right. So it's like right. this is the stretch where yeah. we'll see if Michigan is going to be good. And, and when you look at it, like Notre Dame, it just comes out to beating SC rather than Michigan having to beat Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State, and they have to beat all three in that order, or else they're not getting in. So when you look at it, Notre Dame's in the driver's seat. They're driving the bus right now into the college football playoff, and they haven't played really anyone besides, I mean, the, a win against Michigan and a win against Stanford, who Stanford, you know, hasn't been but great Notre since. Dame has to keep winning. That's the thing. They have to go, pretty much go undefeated. They yeah, can't, they can't really afford to lose a game. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. who 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 are the other that they have left? So Notre Dame, who they got left? Like I said, uh. Well, they got a big, big game against Navy, and that's always a tough match. That's always a, a yeah. Tough you got to play against a triple option. Home, Florida State at home. Florida State at home. Syracuse at home. So they got three straight home games. So they're playing they the ACC. The, yeah. Okay. So when you look at it, Florida State has gotten better as the year progressed than they started off with. Um, Francois is, is a pretty good quarterback. That's going to be an interesting game. I mean, I don't see them losing it by any means. It's at home. I mean, Syracuse is better than this year. They got Dungy at quarterback who's been playing great. And they played um, they played Clemson very well, but then they just ran out of gas at the end. Yeah. They ran out of energy. So Syracuse isn't a slouch team. I'd throw that in the USC kind of category. They have to be both those teams and those are potentially trip up games where they could trip up on their way to the college football but at the end of the day it's still so wide open this you know what that that loss to georgia opens up for oklahoma don't sleep on oklahoma they may have drafted down from texas but I mean, t- Texas still has to finish out their season. Yeah, Oklahoma had a tough loss against Texas, but Texas is a lot better than advertised. Yep, and they got Texas has got it. They both have to play West Virginia. West Virginia just lost. So right now, the Big Ten could see one of those three teams in West Virginia, Oklahoma, or Texas get in. And then you'll see Clemson, and then you'll see, I mean, Alabama, obviously. So there's going to be three teams that's kind of up for grabs right now. There are two teams uh, that are up for grabs. Football so exciting. Obviously, we know Alabama's going to be there, but for the rest of the teams, this could change around. You know, Ohio State loses to Michigan. You know, they're still and they still they got a couple good opponents to play because they still have to play Michigan State. They got Nebraska, Purdue, Maryland, and then Michigan. So yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough. Not, not, nothing's give me, but this this is the time of the year. This is what what's what October's so great. We got the Santa Ana winds, get you a nice fall feel here, after some nice rain over the weekend. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, everyone stay fire safe. Santa exactly. Ana winds this out there. Extreme high fire warning. Yep. Public service announcement. But uh, uh, it's just like how much fire the college football playoffs are right now, you know. It's fun. You know it's how fun. you talk about how Wade, Coach Wade Phillips loves donuts? 
Yeah. Do you know who else loves donuts? Who? The manager of the Milwaukee Brew Crew, Ooh. Craig Council. Ooh. He loves donuts. Oh, he does love donuts. You know who else likes donuts? Clemson, because that's what they get after victories. They get Krispy Kremes. <laughs> but yeah, th- yeah, Brewers. I mean, like that was great. RC at home run. Really close with some playoff baseball because this has been another exciting week. That's the thing. Playoff baseball, you didn't really know it was on. I mean, obviously, we know the Dodgers on because it's in our market, so it's it's in our face. We know about the Dodgers. The problem but is- it's like the football, just the marketing for like the college football games and the NFL games are just so off the charts. You just know who's playing when, 10 a.m., the 1 p.m. games, the 5 p.m. games. I think the and problem. It's like, did the Astros play over the weekend? I didn't. I didn't even know the Astros or Red Sox were playing this weekend. They were. Yeah, but they played. The, they played. But the problem no, is, it, of course, <laughs> of course. But the problem is, is that you didn't get you when you get into the playoffs. You have to get hyped about every round. It's not just one round. You don't want to just be like. Oh yeah! Oh, it's the finals. Yeah, let's see what. No, you want to see who's like progressing. You want to see the upsets. But in baseball, the problem is, is they'll play games during the workday. You know, I think Boston and Astros play today at at four, right? Am I right or am I wrong? I will give you that answer. No. Ba- two, well, our time, it's 2.09 p.m., so it'd be 5 o'clock. That's so, exactly. Yeah, so actually, 4 o'clock because it's in Houston. It's 4 o'clock. That's it, a 4 it, o'clock day yeah. game. So it's what? 4 o'clock start time. See, that's the problem with the MLB like kind of playoff structures. You're playing games that are on the West Coast that are during the workday. Most people can't watch that. Most people want to sit down, enjoy relaxing while watching a you game. Know, the NBA actually does it right with the playoffs because they have games every day, but they just split it up every other. Like when it's down to just to two series, you know, you got the Eastern Conference Finals, the Western Conference Finals, they just start rotating days. One day is the Eastern Conference Finals, next one's Western. Yeah, maybe they should do it like that. They, they got to really figure out showcase it. But it's hard to compete. And then you got this Thursday night football game. It just you know throws a crinkle in everything. <laughs> I'm sure Major League Baseball is like, ah, really? Thursday night football? Thursday Are you kidding? Football, my God. What's next? Would you rather football? Would you rather watch this week's? I wish we had poll questions here, but would you rather watch this week's Thursday night football game between the Cardinals and the Broncos, or would you rather watch? The MLB playoffs. Of course. I, I'd rather watch the Brew Crew versus the Dodgers. That's the, the more... the Dodgers ex- versus the Brew Crew since it's here in Los Angeles. To me, that that is the more exciting series. There's so much, like, backstory. It's like old school kind of baseball in the Dodgers versus this new analytical movement where you don't play positions and you're going to have a relief pitcher start in the game. The Brewers do that. <laughs> They're doing it in the playoffs right now. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, they... they, they a little bit of that it kind of backfired a game too because the Dodgers are also the best at hitting that style of uh, pitching granted they didn't get very many hits last night and and I hate how they I don't like the fact that you blame it on one player I hear Yasmani Grandel is getting so much flack because of that one pass ball I understand the guy's got more of a bat he's probably not as your best defensive uh, catcher but my goodness, it's not his fault why they lost. They lost why, because they couldn't hit the ball. Why are they so adamant about what happened Just the in fans the past? Yeah. with him. It's like you don't need to boo your team. What your team needs is really you behind them. I mean, you got to be rooting them on. They need that extra energy. Believe me, as a player, I mean, I, even in Little League Baseball, when, when the fans are cheering for you, it just gives you a little extra boost. 
And then it might just be enough to take you, to get you over the edge so you could defeat these teams. The Brewers are, are, are the real deal. They're the hottest team going into the postseason. And for the Dodgers, they're not out of this thing at all. It's 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 a slugfest. The Brewers punch first. The Dodgers punch back. The Brewers punched again. Now you got a counter. Well, I mean, like, when you look at it from the grand scheme of things, okay, that was a mistake. Okay, but it's 2-1. You win this next game, it's 2-2. Two, two. Exactly. It changes it over. And then you win the next game, then, and then you're, you're up 3-2. Yeah. Yes, you have to go back to Milwaukee. However, they're down 3-2. to two. The pressure's on them. It's to the point now where even if the Brewers went up 3-1, then it's the pressure's all on the Brewers to close it out. And you know how hard it is to close out a series. It's tough. And, and especially these two teams are very good teams. I, They're not like, you know, one's overpowering the other, where one's just a heavy favorite, the other one's just going to lose. No. These are two very well-coached teams. Well-built. Well-constructed. Well I mean, it's not like this Dodgers team's going to leave and be terrible after this season. No, they're built for a long time. Walker Buehler, Julio Urias, they, they got guys that can throw the ball. But the problem is... Is the Brewers are good too, and there's lots of good teams in the National League. That's there's the discre- uh the discrepancy between teams in the National League is a lot more like diverse. Like there's more teams that are equal than there are in the American League, where there are two. Actually, I put the Yankees in there. There are three really big powerhouses. You can maybe make the argument for the Cleveland Indians too. What the Dodger fans, what you need to do. If you're going to the game, bring that energy. Be loud. Be crazy. You know, get, give give the team a little bit of boost because that really helps. It's just like Seattle, the twelfth man. Be the be the well, I don't know baseball. Be the tenth man. I don't know what you would call it. Just be that uh, that extra force. I don't know. And make it just so uh, you know. Make it more difficult for the Brew Crew. Yeah, and, and it, if you're a Dodgers fan, you look at it. And obviously, I'm. I like the Brewers, and I'm kind of. I I kind of want to see a central market team in the World Series. I mean, like I know everyone that is kind of around baseball is rooting for the Dodgers versus Astros again, since they can't get the Dodgers versus Yankees. So for me, I think the Brewers are a team that you know has some baggage with them throughout the season. Like there's some storylines that were attached that were kind of negative, but they have persevered through all that. And for them to get to this moment is very great. But they got extremely lucky that Yasiel Puig didn't catch that ball. They got extremely lucky. I'm going to go out and say it. Like, I'm just, I, I'm rooting for them. I mean, I like, I'm obviously, it's not the popular opinion around here. The Dodgers are a great team. Am I going to get mad when the Dodgers lose? No. Am I going to get mad when the Dodgers win? No. It, it's literally, it's the MLB playoffs. My team's not in it. But I will say they got extremely lucky, and the Dodgers are not out of this at all. But I think I'd rather see the Brewers versus the Astros or the Brewers versus the Red Sox to me, but I'm not well, everyone. This series is long from over, but, you know, and who's to say if the Astros are going to make it? I think they're the most complete team. I think they are the best team, even though the Red Sox won more games. But the Red Sox did even things up a bit, so... They had to. They had to. They had to win that home game. Now they got to go down to Houston for three games. And they could be in a similar scenario where whoever takes that game three kind of, you know, gets that nice lead in the series. But it's a seven-game series. So we're a long ways to go. But as it stands right now, 
I think the Dodgers have a great chance of winning this series. They you just, you do. Just, the fans, you just got to show up these next two games, make it so loud and chaotic where the Dodgers can win these next two, then goes back to Milwaukee, and all they got to do is get one. I mean, like, they're not out of it. Again, like, no. they're not out of it. You can't, you got to build your guy up because they've already won one on the road, so it doesn't matter. Each team is one on the road. You got to build back up Yasmani Grandal. Yeah. Okay. He yeah. made oh, a he's mistake. Gonna he, he's he's going to be ready. I, I think I know what's going to happen. You know, Austin Barnes is obviously going to get the. Uh, uh, the nod tonight, which is great. He pairs up nicely with Rich Hill. He's definitely the better defensive catcher. However, Yaz is going to be ready. He's going to come off the bench. He's going to pro- provide that spark, that pop off the bat, because he hit 24 home runs this year. He was practically almost an all-star. He started 140 games this year. So give the guy a break. It's just That's one of your better happens, players. Man. One time there's a pass ball. And, and who do you think feels more worse about it than anyone else? It would, would be yes. But you can't be down on yourself. you got to be positive. you got to just forget about what happened yesterday. This is the cards. We're down 2-1. to one. we get, just got to focus on tonight, win the game tonight. Like you said, Matt, boom, you're tied 2-2. Two to two. Accept it and move on. Exactly. That's all you can do when you be make positive, a mistake. Accept it positive, move on. high energy. And I'm telling you, that's going to pay dividends. The, you've the, seen your Dodger teams face adversity before, and they've won. Here Look is how they got into the World Series last year. The Dodgers' hopes rest on Manny Machado, because Manny Machado has been the guy that has got them there. Like if you've been paying attention to the Dodgers' postseason, he's been the one that's been hitting home runs. He's been the offense for them. Right, Justin and, Turner, you and, can make the argument gotta, too. Yeah, Justin, yeah, he, he's, too. he's definitely has some big hits. You know, the other guy's got to step up. You know, Jacques Peterson, he's got to step up. You can't. Cody Bellinger. You can't rely on just two guys to win the World Series. It's a whole team. It's a team sport. Like Exactly. Even though those two are amazing baseball players, and those are the guys that are potentially the best on your team, I'd, I'd go out right and say that it'd be Manny Machado and Justin Turner are the two best hitters on the team. You can make an argument for Cody Bellinger. You can make an argument for I'm a few saying, other people. I'm just saying they just need to step up. But the thing is, too, it gets contagious. You know, when one guy gets hit, the next thing you know, the, other, the Dodgers are explosive offensively we see that this year with them i mean they they get their runs in bunches so look this is far from over i'll go into (laughs) why i was rooting for the brewers because this newfound baseball movement where you're getting some changes can this win the world series that's the biggest question about this is like can it do it and if it proves a lot of teams are going to start doing this and it's going to become a thing in baseball where we're not going to have starting pitchers, and this the the marketing behind it is just going to like what? Well, the, well, the lack did, of marketing. They did it more traditional in Game Three because uh, you know Chacon uh, went five and a third innings, gave up three hits, no runs. Game and, two, and they then didn't it was do that. Four, four relievers. <laughs> but you think about it, this it was kind of done because back in the day, man, when the Reds won the World Series in 1990, I know it's before you're born, <laughs> close to it. They had you know. They had really good starting pitching, but they had three guys. That one guy pitched the seventh. That was Norm Charlton, Randy Myers the eighth, Rob Dibble the ninth. So once once the game once the starter went six innings, he didn't have to go any longer. Now if he was still pitching well, they let him go seven or eight. But they would just go right to the bullpen. These guys pretty much could pitch every day. Right there is the yeah. traditional way yeah. that they do baseball. Right? right, you get the starter and then you put in the three setup guys or two setup guys closer, but. Um, 
the new foul baseball is you're putting that one of those setup guys in the end and you're putting him first and then you have the starting pitcher go and then you have one setup guy so you're still using the same amount of pitchers it's just the order it's kind of so I want to see if that yeah, wins World it, Series. Like it's really it's cool. fascinating to it me. Is, it is fascinating because I know they put up a, a few extra relievers on their uh, postseason roster. Whew. Run out of time quick. We do, we do. I tell you what. Coming up next is Claudia Shambal to Ask Leader. She's got a great show, but also some of our future guests that we're going to have on the show here. Noah Stein, you know him from Speedway Sounds. He definitely wants to be on our program, so we're definitely going to have him real soon. Absolutely. The kid knows more about racing than if well, you so take... We'll do a segment on racing. But... We'll do a segment on racing, but you take what I know and you know about <laughs> racing and you take what Noah knows and we know everything, and it's me and you know nothing. So we're just going to say Noah is everything. It'd be really cool to have them all, but also, too, there's a, a gentleman I finally got back in touch with was Nosa Igwe uh, from he went to Auburn University won a championship with Cam Newton back in the day uh, he has his own business now and he works with uh, professional football players in a sense of how to adjust when you not used in the NFL if after a two year career or three year career in the NFL and you don't know what to do we're going to have him on and finally there's uh, another guy another gentleman named Mr. Mike Berline you may not know who that is, but he's also the brother of quarterback Steve Berline, mm. who also is, is an analyst now. And he's going to be on the show. And you want to know, do you want to know what the California state sport is? The official state sport of California? I have no idea. I didn't know that states had official sports, but well, it is, let me guess, is it volleyball? Surfing. Surfing. I knew it was something. Mike Berline, you know, works with the CSLSA so he volunteers there so we're going to have him on right on and, and he's going to be great and he was actually the first professional athlete in his family so we'll have him elaborate on that right on so a lot of great things coming up but until then all sports matters